Yep, I've just hit record, yeah. Good, good, because I've got a bone to pick with you. Me? Yes, you! Wait, why are we picking bones? Why have we suddenly gone down into the bone garden with our... Well, our picks, picks, I guess, if you were going to pick something. If you're going to pick a bone, you'd use a pick. So why have we taken our picks down into the boneyard? I've got... I I actually got my special bone-picking pick. It's just for bones. It's not for anything else. It's not for ores or or minerals or precious metals. It's only for bones because I've got a bone to pick with you. I am deeply concerned about this. I know you yep. don't get your dedicated bespoke bone picking bone picker out for for nothing, for any old guff. Mm-mm. No, I've been especially because like dedicated devices are illegal in 12 European countries. Goddamn right. And that's why I'm proud to be an American. Where at least so I know I'm free bones. to pick a bone with you. I... I I will lay my bones bare for the picking. I, I can only apologize in advance. I don't know what I've done. What have I done? What have I done? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what okay. you've done. Okay. The other day, I was flicking through uh, YouTube, because I listen to a lot of music on YouTube.com sometimes. And yeah. I listened to a song um, called Take Me Home, Country Roads. Uh, and I was like, I was thinking to myself, wow, this is familiar. Where have I heard this before? And it turns out that you have been using it to mock the video game for which this particular cover of the song was composed. Now, now you may wonder, you may wonder how this could possibly lead to a grievance on my part. Well, the cover of Take Me Home Country Roads, which I think is originally a John Denver song, but the cover Mm -hmm. that was made for Fallout 76 is excellent. It's a really, really good cover. It's It's incredible. It's delightful and it's it's soulful and wonderful and i jacques even you would jacques me oh oh yes oh yes jacques i think you because of you and no one else because no one else ever used that song to make fun of that video game no one's ever done that except for you. And I think you did that specifically to reduce that cover to comic farce. I think. Yeah. The only reason you got into this game to begin with is so you could dismantle a song. Jacques. I have never been... So jacuzzed in all of my days on God's green earth, and the the funny thing is, is you're the second per- you're the second person this week to jacuzz me regarding that cover of that John Denver song. Slightly different jacuzz. Someone, um, a friend of mine, thinks I'm doing it to get like specifically get inside his head, um, and like get the song stuck in his head because it is such a great song. 
No, I think you're trying to dismantle it. You're trying to dismantle it by associating it with a video game that no one has ever liked. Except for my friend who likes it. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing, is that cover was specifically for that game, Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. And it is so much better than the game deserves. Because it, yeah. like, it's a good song. I think it's... I've always liked that song. It's a very pretty little song. But that cover is genuinely incredible. I I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that the harmony is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about that one just lodges itself in my head every time I hear it. It's no wonder that, that you know, um, it does get lodged in my friend's head every time I use it. Um, it's a great version, and, and it's just... That version is tied inherently to fallout 76 because it's the fallout 76 version and that's just tragic no i think you did it on purpose i think you have you have created that association to discredit a beautiful american song and and then to discredit american institutions as a whole starting with our music because I think you want to devalue our country so that you can have it. You can just have it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty bang on the money there. I figured. Yeah, you know, it, it's a it, fair cop. It's January 5th, two years ago tomorrow, a bunch of people uh, tried to take over this country. And... Uh, made a bunch of asses of themselves doing it. That's true. In fact, this is the insurrection special of the Trash Girl Diaries. Looking back at the the lives, the loves, and the laughs of the January 6th insurrection. The coup attempt. The coup attempt. The attempt to coup. Now, one year and 364 days later, I've blown it all wide open. It's you. You've blown it all wide open. Can I can I sink us all wide up? I'll allow it. My my lovely fiance told me once, she said, I don't really feel like I get most people, but I get you. I know what's in your head, you know? I feel like I know what you're thinking. And I said, oh, really? Well, if you're so smart, then tell me what I'm thinking right now. And she said, penis. And I said, holy shit. I I absolutely was thinking penis. I mean, in fairness... If you ever guess that with you, you're right for 50, 60% of the time. I'm not thinking about penis. I'm just thinking the word penis. Just the words. It's just, just a funny word. Various accents at various pitches and speeds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like a sort of mental screensaver. <laughs> That's a lost art, isn't it? The novelty screensaver. You don't see novelty screen. No, nobody cares. It's like nobody bothers to put custom music for a, like their phone ring anymore. 
We got over that. Actually, mine is um, mine is a clip of Jonathan Holmes saying, "Why won't he show me his penis?" That's a fair exception, though. That that's more about Jonathan. I had briefly considered getting the um, the ringtone from Cyberpunk uh, and letting that because, like, because cool. you know, people I, I know there's tons of people who do like the Metal Gear one, the the Codex yeah. sound. I used to have John Lithgow shouting stupid fucking cunt from Dexter Season 4. <laughs> John Lithgow. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I, th- I think of him as, uh, he- he's always Lord Farquaad to me. Mmm. Well, it was his finest role. Of course. No, he was the, uh, he was the main baddie in Season 4 of television's The Dexter. And it was pretty awesome. He was pretty cool. The thing is, because I haven't seen that show... The only thing I know about it is that his dad plays the starring role in the best film ever made, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I believe you're talking about James Remar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, played Christopher Lambert in Mortal Kombat The Annihilation 1. I think it is... I've talked about it before in the past. I've done a, a spin-off Doctor podcast about it. It is an unsung hero when it comes to bad movies. Oh, yeah. It's up there for me. Like, I'm currently doing a thing with um, Phoenix and our friend uh, Zoe where Zoe will pick a good film to watch, some sort of musical that's, like, been well made that I'll fall asleep through. And then I pick a film, which is just one of my films. So last time was Troll 2, (laughs) a work of art, if ever there was one. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation is on that list. Because I think it should be up there with with The Room or Troll 2 or Miami Connection or, or any of those sort of classic bad films. I think Mortal Kombat Annihilation is fucking brilliant. I agree. I've actually, I actually put a couple of my friends through it uh, semi-recently. Um, because I wanted, I wanted them to know what it is to Feel your animality. Your animality. Mm-hmm. Your animality. Mm-hmm. I, I needed I needed them to to know what I was fucking on about anytime I would reference that or anything anything that Sindel says. <laughs> I'm sad about custard. You're sad about custard? Yeah, there's been a carton of custard in the Lars that I've had my eye on for ages. For too long. Oh. Yeah, it's no good now. It's bad custard? Yeah, I'm going to hurl it at a bus. Is there still that needlessly expensive statue of Margaret Thatcher? I forget where it is. It's in her hometown. I just don't remember where that is. I don't know. There's there's probably one somewhere. There's needlessly expensive statues of fascists all over the UK. I wouldn't know anything about that. It's not like I'm from the American South or anything. So, it is 2024. Indeed, the year of the goat. Is it? I thought it was the year of the dragon this year. I don't know. No? Yes? It is the dragon, and I only know that because I was born in 1988, which is a year of the dragon. Well, a, a goat is the dragon of a farm. In a way. Sure. Why not? In a way... They've both got necks. You know, in a way, I think that The Walking Dead 
really refers to the people and not the zombies. Oh my giddy aunt. Isn't it though? Isn't it though? Isn't it though? But yes. Butter my foreskin. I mean, if that's what you're into. No, it isn't. It would I I'd hate it. I would probably hate the that. The texture too. alone, my um problem with mess of of any kind on or near body. I'd hate that. I would hate that, Elsa. And also like it would be really difficult to remove because like butter is like oil based. Yeah, it'd be literally oil on water. Yeah, you'd have to like really really scrub down that foreskin with with water and soap. Mm-hmm. Lots of soap. It'll be water off a cock's flap. <laughs> oh god. <coughs> I'm lightheaded. Oh god. Sorry, that just that took me off guard and and Yeah. Right? I'm 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 alive. I'm alive. I'm good. Excellent. It is twenty twenty four. It is twenty twenty four. I had my birthday recently. Yes, yes, you did. I am ancient and desiccated. Oh, stop talking like a Final Fantasy character. That's my job. I am like that vampire at the beginning of the Count Duckula intro that gets exposed to sunlight and then turns white and withers away. I am that bit, like, in halfway through the process of withering. I turned white, too white, some would say, and then I've started to crumble, but the frame that the VHS has been paused on, you can still see me eyes and beak. That's a deep cut. It's a real deep cut. You had a birthday? It, I was near one. I'm regarding your birthday presents right now. I have... I have. It, the problem has been finding a suitable vessel to send them in. Oh. Yeah, because I, I need a box that's not too large or too small. I would ideally like one that's like round about the size of like two shoe boxes stacked on top of one another. But that's for the human head. Well, you want to keep it like snug but not constricted yeah. if you're packing a human head. Right, exactly. And I have like really nice bubble wrap for that. It's in the freezer. Mm. The bubble wrap. The head isn't. The head's in my toilet. Excellent. That's what I've been doing. Um, you know, I've been keeping it nice and pungent for you. I don't know whose head it is. It's 2024. And the severed head looks a little bit like Giancarlo Esposito. That's all I've ever asked from my severed heads. That they look a bit like that guy from Monkey Bone. I gotcha. Yeah, not overwhelmingly like the guy from Monkey Bone. But just, just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. John Krasinski looks like a cartoon of himself. Does he? I assume. What Final Fantasy news is there for 2024, Elsa, for this uh, Final Fantasy fan cast? <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out next month. Is it? Yeah, it's in February. Next month? Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. Yeah. I'm not prepared for that. Also, Square Enix, uh, around the same time, is shutting down another one of their mobile games. Of course they are. Speaking of which, would you like to do me a huge favor? In the Skeletor voice? 
Could you say Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis? Um, Okay. Uh, Let me just warn those in the vicinity. I've got to do a skeletal voice. All right. What was it? Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Right. Right. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Oh, that's delightful. Oh, oh, I am pleased. Very, very, I am happy as a pig and shit. I think I downloaded that onto my phone, but then, like, completely forgot about it. Because I heard it was, like, awful. Yeah, it's a, it is a gotcha game out the fucking tits. Like, yeah, yeah, I downloaded it. It's right next to my, um, it's right next to Silent Hill Ascension on my phone. (laughs) On my own screen. Yeah, I never did um, play it because I didn't care that much. I was mildly interested to see what a shit show it was, but not interested enough to ever play it. I tried it a bit. It's bad. It's it's a it's a you know, it's an aggressive gotcha game, like really aggressive yeah. with the multiple currencies and the excessive monetization and all that, all that. But what pisses me off is that as Ever Crisis becomes more popular, they're getting rid of the one mobile game that I actually liked that they had, which was Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia, which is a title. Fucking hell. I know, right? But yeah, they're they're just getting rid of that. It's been successful and profitable for them since like 2016. It continues to be profitable, but don't trust Square Enix with any live service that isn't Final Fantasy no. 11 or 14. I mean, don't trust them with those either, but like at least you can rely on them to take it mildly seriously. Because I think if they were going to get rid of Final Fantasy 11, they would have done it by now. Well, you never know. I mean, these companies, their loyalty extends only so far as the thing remains profitable. Yes. By a significant amount. Correct. Square Enix, of course, they have shut down so many fucking so-called services. At the time of talking, I'm not uh, read through it yet. I'm going to do it on the Jimquisition. But I know that Square Enix's president has done the yearly horror show of a uh, statement, I guess. Sort of the Queen's speech, the president's dump. The president's dump. The president's dump. That's what I called it, yes. So they're just gonna carry on square annexing unfortunately they sure fucking are pieces of shit but other than that other than uh final fantasy 7 rebirth uh there's gonna be some piece of of dlc for final fantasy 16 i think that they're just doing like two and then they're done yeah and then uh final fantasy 14 is getting an expansion sometime this coming summer which ought to be a fun time i like final fantasy 14 you are quite fond of it. I am very fond of it. I still, you know, I play it more or less every day. But the reason I wanted you to do the Skeletor voice and and say and talk about Ever Crisis is because that is my least favorite game that came out last year. That is my Skeletor cackling before before saying it equivalent. Right. Because I think that it took the the promise of further lore for Final Fantasy VII which doesn't need any more lore. I don't 
really care what Sephiroth was like when his hair was shorter. It's not something we really need to know. No, we really don't. But like putting that and promising to elaborate on Sephiroth as a character and putting that behind a fucking gotcha game to me is is unforgivable. However, uh, I do have a couple of games that came out in, in uh, 2023 that I would like to talk about because I liked them. And I talked about it briefly on Stephanie Sterling's Trash Palace Discord server. Because Casey Explosion talked about, like, her favorite games that came out this year. Yeah. And I read her list. It was a wonderful list. And then I said, where's Darkest Dungeon 2? I need to get to the fucking bottom of this. So I made my own list. With Blackjack. And Hookers. No, I I, I made a list of all of the new games I played this year. So you played games last year? Yes. 2023. And you'd like to tell us about the ones that you liked? Correct. That sounds great, Elsa. Uh, you should do that. I, you know what? Maybe I will, Stephanie. You know what? Maybe you fucking should. If you want to do it so badly, you'd be absolutely frigging welcome to. Well, you know what? Maybe I'd be fucking delighted. For God's sake, I'd love that. Fuck's sake. I will fucking do it then. Please be my guest. Maybe I will. I just need a sip of water first. I'm thirsty. Stephanie. Oh, well, you need to hydrate, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, why don't you just hydrate? God's sake. I've done it. Oh, brilliant. I've had a bit of water. I've had a bit of of water and now it's time. Of course you have. Oh, I bet it quenched your thirst. It did. It did. And now I'd like to talk about Super Mario RPG. Oh, please do. This kind of flew under the radar because Nintendo remade a game that came out in 1996 and we're like, you still need to give us 60 bucks for this. But then again, fucking joke's on me because I did. Yeah, I did buy it as well and I played it for a little bit. Super Mario RPG, though, is... A nostalgic game for me it's one of the it was my first game of its type it was my first like turn-based rpg to the point where when i played final fantasy 7 for the first time at a friend's house i thought that the timed hit mechanic from super mario rpg was present in every rpg and so i was like how, how do you do timed hits what's the timing to get cloud to hit with the sword twice And my friend had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. But Super Mario RPG was a cooperative venture between Nintendo and Squaresoft at the time. Square Enix now, obviously. And the 2023 remake is one of the games I played this year, for sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Because it doesn't feel like enough is different. I mean, if they changed it too much, obviously, then it wouldn't be a remake. Or maybe it would. I don't know. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of the remake they did of a, um, what was it? The, was it A Link Between Worlds? Link's Awakening. A Link's Awakening, that was it. Yeah, that Between Worlds didn't sound right. Link's Awakening, where it's like, faithful to a fault. Where it's like, yeah. in terms of replicating the exact experience, full marks. But... 
Should it have done a bit more? It's not 1996. Neither game held my interest from beginning to end. Here's the thing about Super Mario RPG, and to be honest, this is kind of a problem that Super Mario RPG has always had. It is an easy game. It's an extremely easy game. Yeah. Which is fine. I have no problem with a video game being easy. However... There are a lot of hidden mechanics in this game, and that this applies more in the remake, that are very difficult to do. Like, you need borderline frame-perfect timing to do certain things. Mario has his repeated super jumps where he can bounce off an enemy over and over again. And there's a reward for doing this 100 times consecutively. But after a certain point, the timing becomes very, very strict. Yeah. You can kill almost anything with this technique, but it isn't necessary. Like, it just breaks the game if you're able to do it. And there are additional challenges in the game. After you finish the game, you get to, like, fight a few other bosses again. Cool, I guess. I mean, no, it is cool. It is cool. And, like, they introduced, like, they brought in, like, there's some new weapons, there's some new items... The soundtrack's been remastered, and I'm not going to say that I didn't have fun. But is this it? Is it still trying to introduce people to the concept of a turn-based RPG in 2023? Is something this threadbare going to introduce someone (laughs) to the genre? No, it will sell based purely on nostalgia. And, you know, the fucking joke's on us, because we both bought it. Yeah. And I liked it. Mission accomplished. I liked it, it but mm-hmm. I also think that, like, is this it? Yeah, and I kind of just drifted away from it as a result of that. It wasn't doing anything wrong, necessarily. Again, full marks for a complete replication, but I did just wander away from it. I finished it, and I, I fought all of the optional bosses. I got to, to fight the, the hidden Final Fantasy boss. Culex, who uses the boss music from Final Fantasy IV. Which, that was in the original game, but there's a different version of him now. And they did give him a slightly more story, and I'll give them credit for this. Uh, the story that they gave Culex was was fun. Yeah. His whole deal is that he's... In the remake, he is perplexed by the fact that Mario and his friends are visible in three dimensions, whereas Culex is only visible in two. And so basically he's like, I need to know the secret of this three-dimensional space we have to fight. That's pretty cute. It's cute. And so then when you fight him again as the game's sort of hidden super boss ultimate challenge, he is in 3D. And good lord, he looks like a he looks like a parody of a Final Fantasy boss. He looks like if someone saw the god Kefka from FF6 and Safer Sephiroth from FF7 and Orphan from Final Fantasy Thirteen and whatever other ones you want, and just mash them together. It was fine. I I just guess I never thought I would feel this underwhelmed by Super Mario RPG because I never really viewed it through a modern lens. Yeah, but now that it demands that, it's just kind of threadbare. I can't really disagree with that. I cannot disagree. Video games are so much different now. It also begs the question, like. What did I want? You know? Having said that, it that game is still the reason why I love Bowser as much as I do, and he's very entertaining. Yeah. 
he he's still a, a lovable fool, and I I'm, I'm a fan of his. I've got a big Bowser plush actually in my bedroom. But anyway, moving on from that, another game I played this year, however briefly, was Street Fighter Six. Street Fighter Six. Street Fighter Six. A game that I unfortunately couldn't include in the Jimquisition Awards because of the microtransactions. Yeah. But absolutely would have been on it. Like, no questions asked would have been on it were it not for the question that was answered, i.e., are there microtransactions? Yes. And that is a disqualifier. That aside, what a fucking game. I know, right? It is interesting to me that nothing I've seen in Street Fighter VI is new. The modern control scheme is... It's, it's funny, the modern control scheme in uh, Street Fighter VI was something I first saw in one of the Game Boy ports of Street Fighter II. So, that is there. Uh, there is precedent. Um, and Smash Brothers as well kind of established that. Oh yeah, yeah. The World Tour mode is very, very similar to something I saw as far back as Soul Calibur Three, which was on the PS2 in like Ought 4 or Ought 5. It also has a lot in common with Mortal Kombat Deception, which is a, a 2004 game, in terms of like the way that you wander around a whole bunch of different areas and the story progresses in the way that it does. Yeah. Street Fighter VI, though marries all of these ideas. Like, and that's just it. Like, when I say it hasn't done anything new, that's fine, because I think it's much more important for them to do things well. And Street Fighter VI absolutely does that. It is so much fun to play. The way that it did modernize its controls is amazing to me, because there are people who went to tournaments used the modern controls, won matches. Like, took tournaments with those mm-hmm. controls. And a lot of the time, the simpler controls in games like Marvel vs. Capcom would stymie the player. But that's not the case in Street Fighter VI. I mean, some characters are better with modern controls than others, or so I'm given to understand. That is what, I, what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, like, I've heard that, like, the big winner there is Marisa. She's really, really good with modern controls. I want to say Chun-Li is one I heard that, like, don't use modern Chun. I guess Street Fighter VI actually paying attention to single-player content for the first time ever in a Street Fighter game. Pretty much every new character that they've introduced is fantastic. Like, there are, there's no duds. Which, I need you to understand how rare that is. (laughs) When they bring out a new Street Fighter game and introduce new characters, some of them are going to suck. But, like, who is, like, the weakest new character in Street Fighter VI, design-wise? Yeah, it doesn't feel fair to pick one and say worst. Like, least personally appealing? Jamie, maybe? But, like, Jamie's still cool. Yeah. I was about to say, Kimberly, no, there's nothing, I have nothing but, like, love in my heart for Kimberly and Lily. Mm. I mean, Marisa is the standout for me. Obviously. Because she's big and strong and Mm -hmm. queer, and I love her from the bottom of my heart. I would love it if she would just close her big old hand around my head and then just squash it like a grape. Fuck yeah. Just, mm. 
And, like, I like what they've done with all of the old characters. Like, Ryu looks so cool now. I love Ryu. Like, Ryu in Street Fighter Six, like, with the beard and, like, the, the... Like, they actually gave Ryu a new outfit. And it's dope as hell. Street Fighter Six made me give a shit about Ryu. At all. The character that I used to hate because my brother and all of his boring friends would do nothing but pick Ryu... And I'd have to watch them play Ryu over and over, even though there was a big green one. Yep. Or the fuckable queen in the mask, you know? Like, <laughs> I I only ever saw Ryu as this boring default character. But first of all, Dad Ryu is hot Ryu. And second of all, him in World Tour mode is fucking adorable. Yeah, because like, he doesn't know how a smartphone works. Mm-hmm. And that's his whole character arc, is, is learning technology. And... I love it. I fucking adore Ryu in Street Fighter 6. And on top of making it accessible, which I've talked at length before in yes. videos and podcasts about what that means to me, being able to finally play Street Fighter, thanks to the modern controls and that. Um, almost as amazing is um, the fact that it made me love Ryu. I've always had a soft spot for him. I think because in later games, they actually gave him a distinctive playstyle with interesting weaknesses. Because, like, mm. in Street Fighter F uh, 3, Third Strike, um, like, Ryu and Ken and Akuma are all in it, but Ryu is, like, the slow, defensive, powerful one. So they actually, like, they gave him, like, a distinctive moveset. They made him slower, stronger, more, like, patient- but, like, Street Fighter Six actually gave him more of a personality. Um, yeah. Even if it is just confused, middle-aged man. Which, that's relatable. He is very dad. I mean, I can certainly relate to the uh, confused and middle-aged bit. Yeah, honestly, same. I turned 35 last month. Ugh. God, I'd kill to be so young. I'm 40 now. I know! I know! Four zero and yet so beautiful and such a talent i mean guilty as charged you're damn you know? right but still so old so old perfect skin but so old perfect skin immaculate boobs one of these days one of these days i'm just gonna walk up to angela white and i'm gonna say here is five thousand dollars australian could you just smush your boobs up against my friend's boobs real quick and let me take a picture of that? That'd be pretty amazing. I'd chip in for that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she'd be down for that. I mean, you know, a chance for Angela White to meet her hero, Stephanie Sterling. You know, you may not be her hero, but you legitimately are mine, for what it's worth. Shouldn't be. Are. So. There are way better things. What about the dog that played the littlest hobo? What about the inventor of the Stanner Stairlift, Dr. Stanner Stanner? What about Spider-Man? Spider-Man, quality hero, good choice. What about Maryland Cookies? What? What? No, you know who's a hero for, for, for the modern age? One Punch Man. Someone who, who claims to have a very, very intricate value structure, but, it, but that value structure and that belief structure 
folds under the tiniest bit of resistance. That's a modern hero. Mm, mm. So let's talk about Clive Rossfield, shall we? Oh, yes. Who? Clive. Just Clive. Just a guy named Clive. Fucking Clive. It probably doesn't surprise you to learn that my personal game of the year was Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh, that Clive! I forgot Clive. his name was Clive. Ha <laughs> ha! His name was Clive. His name's Clive. He likes he likes tuna sandwiches and the crossword, and not making a fuss if it's inconvenient to the people around him. Very, very, very centrist. He'll wag his finger at someone doing a slavery. He'd vote right now if he could. But over the course of the last couple of weeks, in anticipation for talking about this, I mainlined a bunch of Final Fantasy XVI commentary from you and Laura. Oh, no. I wanted to be exposed to criticisms of the game that didn't come from Yahtzee. I think Yahtzee is a very smart man, and I respect his... Uh, opinions, but I also know that he's not here for the stuff in Final Fantasy that I am here for. Yeah, and sometimes that's like just something you got to recognize with a critic, right? And like, oh no, he has opinions, and they're different from mine. He values different things in his media than I do. How actually fucking dare he? Right? Fucking shocking. Just a absolute monster he disagrees with me about a video game he has no idea who i am and he never will here's the thing right i I listened to a lot of the stuff that you and laura have said i read your review multiple times i watched the video um with just the most wonderful pun title the magical misery tour Mm, delightful i was quite pleased with that one it's good and You're right. Nothing you said was wrong. I don't even disagree with it. Granted, I do take a pretty abstract approach to a lot of Final Fantasy stuff, and to stories in general. Final Fantasy XVI spoke to me a lot as a person who suffers from what I suspect to be paranoia. Like, Clive goes out from the safe place that he lives with the people that he knows care about him, and also his delightful dog. And everyone treats him like shit, no matter what he does for them. I feel that. That is me every time I leave my house. I feel that way. I know that the world isn't as hostile to me as that world is to him. Yeah. But it replicates that feeling. It replicates that feeling of, like, yeah, you're going to help these people because you think it's the right thing to do. Or because there's some sort of reward in it for you. But you can't make them love you. Well, I think I said that about the game at the time. was like, if I wanted someone to yell some, like, prejudice imbecility at me in a funny British accent, I'd just step out of my house. The reason it worked for me... Because, again, it's it's an exaggerated version of the way that my poisoned brain sees the world. And I'm working on that. Like, you know, I'm going to therapy for that. It's a work in progress. The appeal isn't that the world is hostile and cruel. It's when he gets back. And there's a bunch of weirdos who are similarly spurned by the people around them. Most of them aren't super well-developed. 
There's Karen, who I liked her, but like she's also just a right ornery old bitch. There's Goots and Sid until there's not. Mid shows up at one point, and she's just weird. And then for a little while, Clive's alarmingly hot brother is there. Like, seriously, how hot is he? How hot is Joshua once he gets into his 20s? Returning to that place, the familiar music, the characters that I recognize, the characters that I come to care about, that's an experience that I deal with a lot. Yeah. The world is cruel, and then there are your people. I think I said this on a previous episode. Making the world safer and better is something that a lot of people, like me, can only really aspire to in the most abstract possible sense. Because if I look at the way I perceive the people around me when I leave my home, it isn't a world I want to save. But I understand in the most abstract sense that I should care about other people. And I guess I have have to just sort of take that on faith. If the game had made me feel the way that sentiment did there, it would have been one of my favourite games ever. That was how it made me feel. I'm glad it did, because that was a lovely sentiment. Thank you. That's why Final Fantasy XVI resonated with me on an emotional level. But also, and this is also something I said in... Uh, on the Discord server. You fight a 50-foot dragon in space. Final Fantasy motherfucking 16. You fight a 50-foot <laughs> dragon in space. You fucking fight a rock monster the size of multiple Mount Everests by sprinting across his arms, of which he has dozens. You know, you 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 fight a giant bird woman and Odin, like every single fucking icon boss fight. Like, I don't need to justify that. All of that shit speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, any criticisms I have about that game, I cannot fault the gloriously absurd set piece moments. Right? They are so over the top. And they're so stupid, and I love them. Which which boss fight did you like the most? Was it Titan? Uh, Titan's the one I always think about. Like, that's the one that always stands out to me. I'm not sure if I like Titan or Bahamut more. I also love the fight with, uh, just Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas the Arm, where it's just a duel on top of, like, his castle. And it's raining. And it's like, this is so... This is so hammy. Like, this is so melodramatic. Yeah. It's two extremely angry, grizzled men fighting each other in the rain. And it's not homoerotic at all. Not at all. No. Never would have been. No, totally not. No matter what you've read on fanfiction websites. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess that, that was what I wanted to say more than anything, was that Final Fantasy sixteen helped me feel a little bit more seen. I doubt that that was on purpose. I still think that the game has a lot of problems with pacing and tone. I think that its attempts to handle real-world socio-political issues are embarrassing. I think that not only is the thing that the fucking producer uh, Yoshida said about the lack of people of color being, you know, done for historical accuracy, 
not only is it extremely embarrassing, it's not even fucking true because there are people of color in this story. Yeah. You know, even the combat isn't without its faults. Like against most bosses, you shouldn't even pay attention to the life bar because it's all about the stagger meter. Yeah. Some abilities are just fucking useless. Who uses Mega Flare? Like, let's be real. Who uses the move that you have to charge from level 1 to 4 every time you want to use it? It is an absolute... It's The payoffs just aren't there. Like, it looks kind of cool, I guess. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool, but, like, what doesn't? Mm-hmm. You can do something that looks cool and is effective. Yeah, exactly. You can shoot a fucking beam with a Giga Flare. That move's great. Mm-hmm. I didn't write any of this down, and maybe I should have. But ultimately, I guess that's my big takeaway, is that Final Fantasy sixteen provided a version of the way that my deeply damaged brain sees the world, and then gave me an opportunity to exercise an incredible amount of power in it. And for that, I'm grateful. And also, once he enters his 20s, Clive's brother is just unacceptably hot. Like... Yeah, yeah. You can't introduce a character as a kid, right? And then you have him show up later and, oh no, he's fucking gorgeous. Ugh. It's the doe eyes. It's the blue doe eyes. I just, I, I'm a sucker for, for bright, expressive eyes. And that's why I, I think Alexa Bliss is kind of cute. Uh, you won't hear me argue on that from... And she's cute, is, is Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. Are you going to watch the Royal Rumble? Probably should. For someone who wrestles, I, I, I haven't watched much wrestling in a while. I haven't watched wrestling in a hot minute either. But I usually make time for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the Royal Rumble is my favourite thing. I'm in a Rumble this year. Hell yeah. The True Brit Rumble. I love Rumble matches. And I, I have to wonder who's, who's going to win. Okay, so there's a question as to who's going to win the women's match. There isn't a question as to who's going to win the, the, the men's match. Right? It's going to be Gene Snitsky all the way. Totally. Totally. He's going to throw out CM Punk in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to... Gene Snitsky is going to beat Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. Fucking Gene Snitsky. No, no. You know what's going to happen? And I'm just going to steal a joke from WrestleTalk. Rhea Ripley is going to win both matches. Fuck yeah. I'd allow it. And then have full sex with Dominic Mysterio in the ring and no one's allowed to leave and it takes a really long time. I'm in. I'm in too. That that actually sounds pretty fucking fantastic. So, that has been me talking about my games of the year. Uh, Darkest Dungeon 2 is up there as well, but there's not really much to say about it. Yeah, it's Darkest Dungeon. It sure is. It's Darkest Dungeon. It is cool that there's a very good reason to play both of those games now. Because it's just different enough to provide a unique experience that feels very cohesive. So there you go. And before I go, because I should probably be on my merry way fairly soon, as long as you may still be in the mood to do the Skeletor voice... Could I get you to, to say Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin? Because I had a dream where that happened. Uh, okay. I can do that skeletal voice as well. <clears throat> Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin! Thank you so much!
Oh, Just for you. I don't normally do requests. And I won't make any of you again. That's it. That is that is it. But if we could clip that and have that sent to me so that I can listen to it every time I need a quick boost of dopamine. That would be lovely. Perfect. Have you got anything to say before we make our egress from the dumpster in which we record? I don't have a lot to say. I've been ill all over the holidays and I'm starting to sort of slowly pull myself back together, reclaim my humanity. So I've been a bit docile. See, this is why you don't pop your humanity unless you have to. Right? I keep making the bloody mistake. Unless you're doing a, a, a pyromancy build, I think it is, that scales with humanity. I don't remember. Uh, I can't fucking... I don't think it scales with... Maybe it does. I don't know. Some of them do, I want to say. Very rarely bothered with uh, pyromancy. Now, see, I was always a, a, a faith build. Same. Strength, faith. That's my shit. Love faith builds. Anyway, I do not want to be late to my my day job. Indeed. So I will uh, I will leave you here to answer for your crimes because I haven't forgotten. I thought that bone had been picked. I can pick that bone forever. Oh, why is there always meat on the bone? Because I just don't have very strong teeth, if I'm being honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think we should just abruptly end the podcast.